0: You'll shoot your eye out, kid. A Christmas story. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping energy, he really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why so up, messed up in the head. It's a silver lining's play cast. Oh yeah. Hello everybody and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. Uh, this is the only podcast that is solely devoted to Silver Linings Playbook, the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook of the book. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, and this is a very special episode. This is our Christmas episode and... <laughs> It may be our last episode, or second-to-last episode, or we might just keep going. I don't know. I haven't decided right now. Uh, There's a lot of options on the table and not a lot of motivation to keep doing this, but um, no decision has been made as of today. So, anyway, let's not be down about things. It is a very special Christmas episode of this. Uh, One of the things we are going to talk about, mostly is, um, that I, I am looking back at this year and this has been an extremely fun year and also an extremely depressing and terrible year. Uh, one of the best years of my life in weird ways. And then, and it's, it's not, not the worst year of my life, but it definitely, uh, doesn't feel great which I think is a perfect segue. It's not, that's not a perfect segue. I hope you skipped. If you made it through the first minute, so you please listen, here's what we're going to talk about this week. Uh, that Silver Linings Playbook is the best Christmas movie of all time. That is, if, oh, if uh, you learn to define it as a Christmas movie, it's the worst time of the year. Why is it the worst time of the year? Um, real life aside, that I'm not a big fan of the holidays, and I know a lot of people aren't. Um, uh, uh, there is, um, I'm a man you know, weird right now. Uh, Silver Line Look, it is a Christmas movie in, in my opinion. And why is that? That is because it takes place over the Christmas holiday time frame. Not the whole thing. It's an extended film that takes place over, I think, a couple months in a book that takes place over even longer than that. Actually. Um, like half a decade, you know, weird way. Oh, excuse me. Um, but, uh, the, the, um, the football game that is a, uh, like a, uh, part of the parlay bet at the end of the, the story uh, is based on an actual football game. It happened between, I'm doing this off the top of my head, but it, I know it's the Philadelphia Eagles and I think it's the New York Giants that are playing. And it's based on an actual game that happened after Christmas. It was like right after Christmas. I think it's December 28th, maybe, that the game happened. You know, Now I am I should have done any of my research for this, but it doesn't matter because that is not the important part. But there's, there's evidence that there's other things that take place um, because Halloween is is going on during the diner scene, my favorite diner scene. You know the diner scene. It can still be a date if you order raisin bread. Right, because after they have that conversation, they go out and there is a whole bunch of trick-or-treater kids out there and everybody's dressed up in different costumes. So the, the beginning of the movie, or about a third of the way in, we are at Halloween, and then the end where there's the football game, and the dance competition, and finally when the film concludes, because Pat chases down Tiffany and says that he's loved her since the beginning, that happens after Christmas. So that means Christmas falls somewhere in inside the timeline of the story that was going on during the movie Silver Linings Playbook. And therefore, making it a Christmas movie, according to every poor comedian that's just terrible oh why oh, okay so why was i saying it's the worst time of the year because it is that time of the year where people are on social media all saying that Die Hard is their favorite christmas movie huh that's very funny um yes somebody said that probably like three or four years ago and then it caught on and then everybody says it as if they're the person that said it for the first time and then about two years after an internet joke becomes a trend Then you'll have the other more cynical people I've been included in previous years where it's just our mission to, um, you know, make fun of people for saying that and then find the loopholes and stuff. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, What defines a Christmas movie couldn't be less important. If you enjoy a movie at Christmas time and it's your favorite Christmas movie, then it's your favorite Christmas movie. And if people enjoy that, that's fine. Just I... I feel like people should not take internet jokes that are already internet jokes and sell them as their joke. If you see a joke that's funny, somebody's status or a meme or something, share that person's thing, attribute and I'm only I'm only saying that Because I used to make a living trying to make up original content myself. So when anybody would take something like a status that I put up and then post it as their own, even though they didn't mean it, I mean, I know that I was not always a comedian and I had Facebook for probably like seven years before I even considered being a comedian, before comedy was a thing to me. I didn't know that it was like this taboo thing to take entertainers post and just repost them on. That was a funny joke. I posted it. And it's not a hard and fast rule. It's just one of those things that's like, mm, uh, you know, uh, attribute things to who they come from, but it doesn't even matter right now because I'm not even on any of the social media things. I think, um, all there is this, there is the silver linings playcast page is still up itself, but I'm not even able to post to it right now. So, That means this one will probably get the least viewership of, listenership of anything. But let's get back to the different uh, reasons why people might say something is a Christmas movie. I think there's three things that could make a movie a Christmas movie. And and everybody can define it for themselves. But what constitutes a Christmas movie? Uh, A lot of people consider it to be a movie that is set during the Christmas time. There's going to be some examples later on. Also, yeah, we're doing a shorter episode because I really... Oh, I don't care that much. (laughs) I mean, I care enough clearly to do it. I had to sit up today. I needed to get vertical for at least a little bit, but then I'm probably anyway. Okay. So, uh, a movie that is set during Christmas time. Uh, another way to define it is a movie where Christmas is an important theme or plot device, or let's go over an example too. a movie that takes place during the Christmas time. Um, Uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It it takes place during the Christmas season, or at least part of the film does. It culminates on Christmas. A Silver Linings Playbook, that's the perfect example. Uh, if, if, If all it takes is a movie being set during Christmas time, Silver Linings Playbook is definitely a Christmas movie. Now, the second way that you might define a Christmas movie is a movie where Christmas is an important theme or plot device. This movie could not happen if it wasn't Christmas time, because Christmas is part of what characterizes the movie as a Christmas movie. Think about a movie like Christmas vacation. There's other Christmas film, or I'm sorry, there's other vacation film, you know, you got a vacation, uh, you got European vacation, you got Vegas vacation, um, controversial take my favorite one of them. And that is probably why I don't have any friends because uh that is right, nobody agrees with me, but I will stick by that opinion, mostly just because it's the first one I saw and I like Vegas movies. And actually I don't remember it. It might be terrible. I was very tiny when I saw it. I'm not super, super old, just kind of old. Okay, a third way that people might define a Christmas movie a movie that gets you in the Christmas spirit, something that like it, maybe it's literally doesn't even contain any references to Christmas or happen during Christmas, but watching it sort of inspires you, fills you with whatever the Christmas spirit is. I don't know. I don't really know what the Christmas spirit. I mean, I, I, I guess I get it. I'm not going to sit here and try to define it because I'm not that good with things like that. But I I think a really weird example would be if you watched a movie about the actual technical Christmas story, right? If you did, that would actually be, um, if, if I don't know if there is one, but I feel like that would actually be more, we would come off like a, um, just a historical movie, like gladiator, maybe with less violence or something. Um, but it, uh, you know, watching it might make a person feel very connected to the events of Christmas. Oddly, a Christmas Carol takes place at Christmas time, and yet it it really is a ghost movie. Depending on the version you watch, could almost be a horror film or something. In fact, there is some horror versions of it. Uh, it just being set at Christmas time is almost just like a a MacGuffin to cause the reason for the characters to, you know, go through their trials and tribulations. But it really doesn't even need to be set at Christmas to have the same message of the film, but people feel very Christmassy about it. Similar to like the Nutcracker Ballet. Yes, set at Christmas, but I mean, you could set it at a, Kinseniera, you could set it at a bar mitzvah, um, just somebody coming of age at their birthday, and then falling asleep and having like it really has nothing to do with Christmas, but just so traditionally people enjoy experiencing those tales at Christmas time, even though they are technically set at Christmas. Um, if there was a Candyland movie, you know, the board game, I feel like it would feel like a Christmas thing just because candy is this anonymous with Christmas. So, let's let's first go over quickly what normal people, the the mainstream public considers the top Christmas movies in a traditional sense. Now I went with the Entertainment Weekly list of top uh, 10 Christmas movies of all time. I actually just took the top 10 off of their top 20 list. And the reason I just picked entertainment weekly, cause I was like, that's a contemporary enough list. You could go to a more authoritative cinema list, but generally they're all going to be about the same list. I'm not really arguing the um, rankings of these specifically within the 10 because I don't super care. <laughs> I'm, that's not me being bitter. That's just me saying like, it's, it's very up to people's opinion. Um, but like I said, if you look up any list of top Christmas movies of all time, it's such a clickbaity thing to make, uh, an article about. So counting down, here's the top 10 best Christmas movies according to Entertainment Weekly. Number 10, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that weird little claymation one. Uh, I've never seen it. I saw little parts of it as a kid kind of creepy i don't think that's a good christmas movie at all it is about bullying and reindeers okay number nine the year without santa claus when i look up pictures from this it is the one with santa claus it is another creepy claymation thing i actually thought it was the same movie as the rudolph movie apparently there's multiple claymation christmas movies they should have their own category you know what i would watch A claymation Die Hard. I've never seen Die Hard. All right. Number eight, A Muppet Christmas Carol. Wow, they really just don't like live-action Christmas movies. This is sad. Step it up, people. If Christmas is so important, maybe y'all should be making better movies without the use of puppets, Muppets, and the like. Okay, number seven, Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton and Gilmore Girls' Lauren Graham. Um, see, this is another example of like, I think this shouldn't be a Christmas movie. It's set at Christmas time, but I think you could, you could make it bad Easter bunny. You could make it bad St. Patrick. Actually, it'd probably be a good St. Patrick and it would have like the same comedic effect whether you like it or not. So, uh, I, technically it says it, you know, has Santa in it, but is it really a Christmas Movie. It's a Christmas time movie. Number six, Love Actually. Again, another movie. This is like a romantic comedy, even though it's sort of like eight different stories set all intertwined, sort of connected, sort of not. It's like a love black mirror in a way, but like not weird. Also, again, just sort of set at Christmas but I don't think it has anything to do with Christmas really. And I'm saying as somebody that might have watched it more times than I like to admit, um, not recently, like I don't sit around watching love actually, but like when it came out, I was big into watching romantic comedies cause I was trying to figure out how to write them. Um, and I never figured it out. Number five, how the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, the cartoon one. I guess that one's that one's a pretty classic one because How the Grinch Stole Christmas, even as a book, is sort of almost like a classic Christmas story. So there you go. Number four, Elf. I think that's a pretty good pick. It's extremely popular. People love it. Um, it's a lot of fun for people. It's a good family movie. You know what I would like? I would like more non-family Christmas movies. I'm saying that, and then Bad Santa is on here. That's rated R. So I guess I, I'm just saying, why, why does family appropriateness of the film have to be, you know, <clears throat> a factor in something being a Christmas movie? Just make, make what you want. Make a vampire Christmas movie or something. I mean, I guess that might be weird, but all right, challenge accepted. Number three, the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. Um, One, Charlie Brown is depressing and I don't get it. I don't get peanuts. I don't like peanuts. Uh, I got a pitch for you, though. Okay, so it's, it's like peanuts, but everybody in the world is dogs instead of people. And everybody is dogs except... There are two people, there is a white person and a smaller yellow person that sits on top of them and all the other real world rules apply except for uh, the word nickel is replaced by the word kibble, except when referring to the monetary unit, because that would just be weird, right? Okay, moving on. Number two, A Christmas Story. That's where we got the quote from the beginning of the show. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. That is, uh, I think that is one of the best Christmas movies, and I say that like really not caring about the Christmas aspect of it. It is just a weird little comedy movie that sort of feels like The Wonder Years, even though I think it actually was made before The Wonder Years, but I I like the style of sort of a kid narrating how he sees the world because I feel like, that If I, there was ever a movie about me, that's what it would be like. It would be sort of like young me narrating what I'm going through. That might actually be what my podcast is. Me narrating what my life is going through. And I have the intellect of a small kid. All right, and the number one best Christmas movie of all time, according to Entertainment Weekly, is It's a Wonderful Life. Now, I like this pick in, in that I think it is definitely, it is the best movie movie of all the movies that make any of these lists of, of top 10 Christmas movies. Because It's a Wonderful Life could definitely wind up on lists of top greatest movie movies. The thing I don't understand about it is how it became absolutely synonymous with being a Christmas movie. Because again, it, it ends on Christmas night but if you've actually watched it, and I don't think that many people have actually watched the whole thing, it's a wonderful life. It's more about like a banking story or the story about uh, a man' life. Jimmy Stewart plays George Bailey, and he just like has a, you know he has his dreams of what he wants in life, and then they start to crumble, and he's gonna jump off a bridge, and then an angel comes and shows him what. I mean, you guys know what it's about. It's not about Christmas. Yes, there is a, you know, an iconic scene, but every time an angel, a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Well, that sounds like a story, a mythology story, though. So, well, that's the top 10 best Christmas movies in the spirit of Christmas movies. Actually, it's not in the spirit of Christmas movies. If we're going off of my different criteria of what constitutes a Christmas movie. Those are all movies that are Christmas movies because they are set during Christmas, a movie that makes you feel like the Christmas spirit. I don't know. I didn't really thought of that, but um, one of the ways I, I sort of interpret that is maybe maybe there's a movie that you watch every year around Christmas or a TV show or something or an album you listen to, a book you read, something that is synonymous with the actual time of Christmas, so every my my personal holiday tradition, and I mean it's like me my personal own Jamie Ward tradition because I do it all by myself every year um, for three years running. <laughs> yeah, I watch my favorite Christmas movie. It is actually um, a a pro shot version of the play She Loves Me, which I think I actually referenced last week when I was talking about my favorite plays. I say plays or musicals, and it is a, uh, one, it is a really great play. It You know, it's been around for decades. I think it's been um, on Broadway or maybe whatever, wherever England puts plays or stuff. I'm sure it's torture or whatever, but the, the thing I really like about it is there's a very good quality pro shot version of it, and there's some, Famous people that are recognizable to TV actors. Um, the woman in it, uh, I am forgetting her name, Jane Krakowski or something. She was in Thirty Rock, but she's uh, a fantastic, um, a fantastic, uh, funny woman actress who is really good at uh, both like theater acting and TV acting. the The uh, main character, I, I think, is it's uh, Zachary Levi. Or Levi Zachary, he's got one of those names where both names could be a first name. Um, The guy, he's he's in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel too. We talked about this last week, I think. But anyway, one of one of my favorites. It is set at Christmas time. Christmas time plays a little bit in it. Uh, It's kind of romantic comedy. Uh, It's kind of a comedy comedy, and I like it because it is a a pro shot version of an actual stage production too. So I feel like that really, it gets you in the Christmas spirit. If that's a thing. Um, actually I, I sort of feel like, I feel like theater is really Christmassy thing. I think that's cause I was dragged to the nutcracker so much when I was little and, um, cause I kind of like, melee and I really like theater and stuff actually so let's let's sidetrack for a second because when I say it's my favorite pro shot musical there's not that many pro shot musicals I looked up a, a online record of of everything that to date and there's there's only 87 pro shot productions since 1981. That's almost 40 years. That's 39 years and there's only 87. That means they're making an average of just over two of these a year. And they didn't do one every year. Sometimes now they're making about four to five a year. They didn't make that many back in 1981. And they still don't make a lot. And because it's it's tough. They're very expensive and they don't make a lot of money. I think a lot of people that are fans of theater like me we're hoping the popularity of Hamilton and also the distribution of it through the Disney Channel will sort of pave the way for a lot more pro shot musicals or other theater productions because theater is one of those things where it's very hard it's an expensive hobby right and like cuz you have to go see it you can't just you can't just stream them or watch them the other thing about the 87 pro shot musicals is a lot of them are just remakes of the same production too. Not like the exact same, but uh, several of them are rent with different casts. Um, Some, several of them are company. Uh, So, so, but I, I actually do have a list of favorite ones of these I have seen. These are not in any particular order, but uh, she loves me is probably my, my favorite one as far as I enjoy best. Um, An American in Paris is probably the one I think that is, that is the best pro shot in, in sort of in the way that I think it's a wonderful life is not just the best Christmas movie, but it's actually like a really good movie. I think the pro shot of an American in Paris is absolutely the best way you can possibly capture a musical on film. Plus it's also a really good show anyway. Mm. And I, really like it because it was one of the first ones I ever watched where I was like, oh, this can be about a soldier coming back from World War II, even though that really doesn't play into it at all. There's just a lot of ballet and eating baguettes and stuff, but I really like it. Hamilton was great. Hamilton is on my list because, well, like I said again, there's only 87 of them, and it was it was the latest one, and it was really cool. It was uh, definitely a very modern one, a very fun um, super talented cast and stuff. I'll say just for my personal taste and most, most shows are really long. Uh, it was a little long. Like I just me personally, I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing. You're, um, Lynn, Lynn, man, Lynn, Miguel, man, I don't remember Lynn. Let's call him Lynn. Um, Lynn, Miranda, something. Uh, great lyricist and stuff made an awesome show. I would have cut out forty five minutes of it but that's just me all right the uh, the phantom of the opera that's just because it's one of my favorite shows shows I used to listen to that soundtrack all the time um, I know a lot of the words to them uh, it's one of the most popular plays of all time I think it's had it's had one of the longest runs definitely theater snobs don't think it's one of the best plays ever but it's it's very popular it's like the the top 40 of plays and why would it not be it's got everything that, that uh, a sort of casual theater fan would want I don't know why people don't well I do I do know why uh, it's because the Andrew Lloyd Webber some people if you're judging like uh you know on some scientific theater musical uh, theory um, scale. His his the the music he writes in musical in his shows might become a little derivative of themselves, and he reuses really sort of kitschy, uh, you know, repetitive music that is musically kind of simple compared to some of the other things. But that being said. I think you just sort of have to judge a musical in the same way that you judge a movie on. Do I really enjoy watching it for what it is? Absolutely. How many of y'all knew that there was a sequel to it too? And there is a pro shot of the sequel called Love Never Dies. Never seen it. Um, I don't think people like it all that much. Fans of the Phantom of the Opera feel about Love Never Dies the way fans of theater and fan and anti-fans of the Phantom of the Opera feel about the Phantom of the Opera. I'm not saying it's bad. It might be great. It's just one of those things like, why did you make a sequel? You didn't need a sequel. People like the Phantom of the Opera. If you're going to reset it, like, way, way later in history. It might even be contemporary times afterwards. Um, just, just why? You don't need to. Okay. Next one. Into the Woods, there is a film version of it, and I really like the pro shot version of it as well. Sunday in the Park with George. That is probably the lowest quality pro shot on this list, and that is simply just because it is older. It actually might be the 1981 one. No, I think it's older or more recent than that. It might be like 1990s-ish, but such a good show. The quality of the production, the actual recording, is definitely inferior to a lot of the others, but it's not bad. I definitely had to hunt it down. This becomes a common theme with themes that I really like. If I love something, it's probably hard to find. I'm not being a hipster. I promise everybody I'm not. I just happen to like things, and I really like things. And then later I find out that they're hard to find. Three of my favorite things. Uh, Sunday in the Park with George. I had to buy that on a DVD because you can't stream it anywhere. The rights aren't anywhere. Last week, when we were talking about uh Everyone Says I Love You, it's really hard to find. You can't stream it. Right? It is uh the rights don't belong to any of the streaming services. So I had to hunt down a DVD of it. And thirdly, my favorite movie of all time, The Brotherhood of the Wolf. That is another movie that I watched in theaters in a little art house in Boston when it came out was so good and nobody has ever seen it. Why? Because it doesn't exist anywhere. Why do things that I love never exist anywhere? And I don't know. Well, that's uh, the uh, pro shots. That was a whole sidetrack by things. Okay. So (laughs) I'm really using overusing. Okay. This week. Also, this is turning out longer than I thought it was, but we're, We're going to cut it off soon because I'm super tired and didn't even really want to spend this much time doing this this week, but it's all right. It's important, special holiday, and maybe last one. We might do a season two. We might just say this might be the end of season We're not talking about that, now. Let's talk about movies that are Christmas movies but are not Christmas movies. Right, this is exactly where the Die Hard controversy comes in. I always say, I hate when people are like, oh, Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. All right, well, that's cool. I hate when people are like, it's so stupid, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Well, okay, it doesn't have to be a Christmas movie ever either. But what are some of the other ones? I'm going off the Entertainment Weekly list to for this next one. I think this was number 11 right, at, right before Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That is trading places Eddie Murphy and Dana Aykroyd right and that I've, I've never seen that but um apparently I guess that is set in Christmas it might have something to do with Christmas I don't know but they listed that as the 11th best Christmas movie of all time so Batman Returns is technically a Christmas movie and I think it actually kind of embodies the spirit of Christmas if if How the Grinch stole a Christmas, if A Christmas Carol is a Christmas movie, Batman is definitely a Christmas, Batman Returns. And it's funny because that is a Tim Burton film, and it is not the only Tim Burton film that is going to be on this list. The next one, too, The Nightmare Before Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Is that a Christmas movie? Or is it a Halloween movie? I used to have a joke I used to do at stand-up comedy shows about the Nightmare Before Christmas and I always say it is not appropriate to ask a girl on a first date if she is into anal, but you can find out the same information by asking if she likes the Nightmare Before Christmas. I have never had anybody confirm that completely, but I will also say I've done that joke a lot years and nobody has ever denied it either. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. Now, one of my favorite Christmas movies that I really don't care if it's a Christmas movie or not, because it is a terrible movie, but Christmas in Connecticut, this is one of my favorite movies because it is a Chris Christopherson movie. And Chris Christopherson is basically my favorite dude. That guy is so awesome, and I actually can't even believe he's in Christmas in Connecticut. It is, honestly, it is not a great movie, but I watch it because it is so funny to see Chris Christopherson in this movie. Once again, too, had to track down the DVD because I could not stream it anywhere. And then finally, my number 10, even though I wasn't counting any strict list of ten, nor did I say I was doing this in any order, but the number one best Christmas movie that is not a Christmas movie is Silver Linings Playbook. Do we recognize that? If you do, you were listening to us last week too. Well, anyway, that uh, brings us to an end, I think. That is enough discussion because this was not a super deep or interesting thing. I was just rambling about Christmas movies so that I could technically fill out another episode of the Silver Linings podcast. But uh, hey, everybody, I hope you have enjoyed this adventure. We've been on the Silver Linings playcast. Uh, We may be back next week. We may never be back. Here's the thing. I will at least be back to tell you if we are going to be back next week and beyond. Or not. Or we might go on hiatus. We'll see. But until then, I really do hope that everybody has a happy holidays. And when I say holidays, you can celebrate whatever holiday you want, be that Christmas. I think Hanukkah has already happened. Um, but just any any holiday you are celebrating, have a happy one. And we will see you down the road and Excelsior.